everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode four of the Science Patrol Podcast. You're online. Of course it's online. It's a podcast. That's the silliest thing I've ever said. Now I'm Try probably not this. Now I'm just going to go with it because that's how we roll here on the Science Patrol. I am your host, Rich Connery. With me, as always, is Mr. Patrick Rooney. Hey, Pat. Hey, everybody. How are you? We're fine, Patrick. How are you? So, <laughs> It's an early morning here at uh, Science Patrol Auxiliary Headquarters in beautiful central New Jersey. We just finished watching two episodes. Um, that would be the uh, Blue Stone of Village and, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the one that came prior to that. It was the one that was, uh, oh gosh, gosh, golly. Eh, we'll find it. Uh, but that's, funny enough, it's the one we're going to have to talk to you about first. Of course. Um, but the, uh, the, uh, Episode in question, of course, is not helping me at all. Um, come on now. Uh, it is... No, this is not helping... It is episode six. So I'm just going to stick with episode six. And uh, as soon as I figure out what the actual title of that episode is... Oh, the Coast Guard Command. Yes, yes. That's yes, right, because yes. it's not a really great title. It's a very non... Non-specific. Yeah, we are in water, so we got to call it something. Let's just call it Coast Guard. I also don't recall any Coast Guard people in it. No, no, not at all. But we're, <laughs> the monster we have is a water monster, so therefore the Coast Guard should take care of him. But we don't have a Coast Guard because we're only in Japan. We only have miles and miles of coast. That's right. That's right. We. I'm sure there is a Coast Guard, but where are they? There was no Coast. The Science Patrol basically takes the form of whatever. Um. Semi-military. Sort of, yeah, military, scientific organization. Well, you need something done, that's who you call. They're sort of a jack-of-all-trades kind of organization. Um, so uh, the episode opens up with uh, somebody uh, sighting a monster uh, out at sea. And um, suddenly we find out that Hoshino is in Yokohama. Uh, which is where the monster is heading that's to. That's where the monster yes, is. As as uh, I as I mentioned, uh, I believe when one joins a science patrol, you have to uh, like some people have a non-disclosure or a non-compete clause in their contract. They have a coincidence clause, which means you have to be wherever something's happening. Just amazingly. Yeah, it's just it's just how it is. You signed the paper. You signed up for it. So Hoshino and two of his little friends are at the dock watching cacao beans being unloaded because they are incredibly bored, apparently. Um, so they're... <laughs> that's exciting stuff, watching these beans that's right. back and forth. Yeah, and they're just bags of stuff. It could be anything. Um, and we also see our villain, Diamond... Diamond... I want to say it's Diamond Skip, but I know it's not no, Diamond it's Skip. Not, it's, it's not like, Diamond Jim, because no. that's a gambler. Right, right, right. Uh, Diamond something. Yeah, uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But um, he is... Uh, that's where Diamond Kick, Diamond Kick. Yes, Diamond yeah. Kick. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Um, when Hoshino's little friends with a pair of binoculars spots uh, the monster who is called Gesura uh, in the bay, of course nobody believes him. Which is amazing in a show that is basically about monsters. You would think that eventually somebody would be like, "Oh, you saw a monster? We should get on that." Yeah, because maybe, maybe we should do something about that. No. Yeah, could have seen a monster. Come yeah, on. It's only a fact of life that monsters are attacking Japan at this point on a weekly basis because that helps the show. Um, and so nobody, of course, believes him. Now, of course, nobody believes Hoshino when he sees two suspicious guys, and one of them is Diamond Kick, based on a um, 
a wanted poster he finds in the uh, phone booth. Right. Which I guess was probably a thing. Yeah, I mean... Because it looked film, kind of like, oh, not out of place. No, it looked like it like, should have been there. Like a wanted poster yeah. on the side of the phone booth. Yeah, if you see this guy, here's a phone. Yeah. Yeah. So they call the science patrol up and... They're like, oh yeah, Oshino's friend says he saw a monster, and Oshino thinks he saw diamond smugglers. Sure. Now, at some point, you would say like, maybe we should go check. Now, Hayata, the voice of reason, says maybe we should go check that out. So they, science patrol heads out, and of course, uh, the kids end up getting kidnapped by Diamond Jim. Right. Diamond. After keep they, doing it. Diamond, diamond kick. kick. They open two bags of this cocoa stuff, trying to look for their smuggled diamonds, diamonds, right? And amazingly, don't find it. And then you kind of look around and you see all sorts of bags of cocoa and think this could take all day. Yeah, they waste a lot of time. But they never open more than just the two. No, they open the two, and the guy's like, "Are you sure they're in here?" And he goes, "My contact said they'd be in one of these bags of cacao." And you're like. You didn't mark it with an X or something? Just some sort of thing to tell you which one it could be? There is an entire container ship full of cacao in this warehouse. You could be here for a month and a half. Uh, And at that point, you're going to get caught. But, um, so, you know, they get caught because uh, Hoshino and the kids go looking for uh, the cacao to try to, I guess, lure Gazora. Um, Gazera, rather. Right, because they, they find an old, he, old, oh, an old salty sea captain. tells them yes. what this monster is looking for. Yeah, he's he a, knows all about the monster from Brazil, which is where it's supposed to be. Right, he's some from. sort of amphibious lizard uh, that lives in Brazil and eats cacao. Right, and, and how he gets all of from Brazil to Japan, we're not supposed to notice because they're a couple thousand miles apart, mm-hmm. but it's a big enough monster, so we just go with it. They think, but the, he postulates it might have been an egg. Yeah, true. Yeah, so he, he did postulates say that. It, might, it might have been an egg that got Stuck carried along. in the back of the boat and just hatched. Why he's enormous, we're going to well, guess... Radiation! There you go, radiation. We know that radiation does everything. If you're playing Ultraman Bingo at home, mark off radiation. <laughs> We should make Ultraman bingo There's cards. A and we can make a... them downloadable off the website. <laughs> randomly generated, so when we say like, okay, he brings out the super gun, mark off your super gun space. <laughs> oh, folks, you TM TM Science Patrol podcast. So um that's entirely possible. I like that. That is a thought. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm uh, I'm a little phlegmy. My allergies are bad today. So uh uh, at this point, we get uh, we get the science patrol involved. They are escaping from uh, Diamond Kick and his uh, partner. And uh, no, 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 they go to the the cocoa warehouse, right, right, right. just to see. Oh, okay. yeah, where's somebody what's going else on. is around and says, "Well, this is all the cocoa we have." They see the two open bags of cocoa, move one of the two bags, and shockingly, the diamonds that just the smugglers were looking for right fall out. out. Because why wouldn't they? Right, and one of them pops out right next to Hoshino's friend's shoe, which he keeps leaving. Right. Yeah, he's apparently a shoe. One shoe is a little too big. He keeps leaving it places, um, and because he's a uh, cute kid character, um, we you have know, to figure. He's out like, that. oh, it's okay. I lost my shoe. No big deal. Exactly. But it's you know it's a nice plot device, and they're like, oh, Hoshino's friend was here, and they must be missing. Maybe maybe they're in trouble. So the science patrol goes looking for Hoshino. The monster, meanwhile, has sunk two ships by this point. 
Yeah, just kind of rocking them back and forth and to pushing them up and down. Well, the first one he sinks by pushing like the other. Well, he uh, rocked water it back monster. and forth first. Oh yeah, he gave it a little. Gave it he a nice roughed little it up. shove back and forth. Yeah, he roughed it up. And then just decided, okay, I'm going to lean on it and push it straight down. <laughs> the second one, he holds it like he's going to surf on it. Literally tries to jump on top of it and, and wipes it's out. Not going to hold his weight. <laughs> totally wipes out. Like a fat man on a surfboard. It's it was pretty exactly what it looked like. A fat man on a surfboard that had never tried it before. And by God, I know what I'm doing. And flop. It's pretty spectacular. So, um, then uh, we uh, we get to the point where the children escape from uh, the diamond smugglers because the Hoshino picks the lock. Which, of course, every science patrol person must know how to do. Yeah. Not that it looks like it's a hard lock to pick. Yeah, it's one of those kids old at that skeleton point don't really know what they're doing. I don't know. I, I want to say, like, back then, kids who were, like, into, like, being detectives and whatnot would, would probably be like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to pick this pick lock or, or do stuff, you know, get a glass key or something like that, you know? Well, he kind of used a some sort of little like metal, wire hanger, I yeah, it was. Little yeah, wire thing, which, yeah. you know, as you're in a warehouse of stuff, yeah, you might find one. Yeah, so it, we could buy that piece. Yeah, sure. Right, why not? And like you said, okay, he's trying to be a detective, so he's he wants to, to be in the science patrol. So you know, he learned how to pick locks, of course, yeah. and gets out. Yeah, I have a buddy of mine who, <laughs> oddly enough, John, if you're listening, I'm going to out you right now as a guy who. Lost six hours of a day once watching lock picking videos on YouTube. <laughs> I was like, why? He goes, I, I wanted to learn how to pick locks. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Did he actually learn how Apparently, to pick Apparently, yeah. He ordered some some stuff so he could try it out and, and figured it out. And, okay, and learning how enough. to pick locks. He's like, you know, it's not as hard as it looks. No, it's <laughs> not really. I mean, I, I've picked a lock or two in my day. No, folks, look out. That's an admission of guilt. I'd never said where. <laughs> Right, fair enough. So, at this point, the monster comes ashore. Very colorful suit. Um, uh, Looks like it would be kind of a pain in the neck to be the actual character, the guy inside the suit. Oh, yeah. Because you're walking around, sloshing around in water in this ridiculously heavy suit. And Rich pointed out they more than likely had a wetsuit on inside oh, yeah, the suit. Because the but it's pool still is cold. annoying. Yeah, the pool's cold. There's no doubt. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, once those suits get wet, they're they're... 100 kilogram suits a lot of times, and then you add a bunch of water into it. Right, and we also did notice that the water comes out of the mouth. So we, how this guy is breathing while he's holding the water in. Oh, he's like, holding his breath, I'm sure. He's got to be. you got to figure he's holding his breath because as and he shakes his head, the up. water splashes back and forth. So yeah. you got to figure there's a little reservoir to hold the water. I'm just thinking it was in that big, giant maw. It's possible, too. Yeah. But, I mean, now this guy can't really breathe that easily in this damn suit as he's under the water. Yeah, and these guys are probably paid the least. <laughs> You're not going to see their face, yeah. so they don't pay them anything. Yeah, listen, Chuck, we're going to have you in this heavy suit. And, uh, that You know, we're just going to have you just stand up out of the water, and that's your, that's your scene for today. Because they only shoot these things like a minute at a time. Right, suits. right, right, right. So... Uh, because otherwise you'd kill all the guys who can wear the suits, and that would not—that's not, not going to make your show yeah, last not long good. enough. Not good. So uh, he comes ashore and starts tromping through a warehouse, uh, trapping Hayata under a bunch of rubble. Right, and Hayata somehow moves his, gets his beta capsule just far enough. Yep. Where we have to wonder now: Is the monster going to knock enough of the warehouse down 
before Hayata actually gets his beta capsule and becomes Ultraman. It's tense. It's tense. And then, uh, oh, we, the, the reason he starts freaking out, which we completely forgot about, is he comes out of the ocean and roars. The diamond smugglers stop chasing the kids long enough to run to the window to see the monster. Right. So the science patrol is very careful not to shoot the monster because it will aggravate him. But, but as soon as the, they see the kids, the diamonds, oh my God, let's shoot him. No, no, the diamond smugglers shoot him oh, with the, with the, with with the, the 38. That don't break the window. I'm not sure there was any glass in that window. Oh, there was more than likely well, not, but my, in a regular I guess it's a warehouse. It's no, dilapidated. No, in warehouses, you do have windows. Oh, well, yes, man. I've been in a warehouse. <laughs> Obviously. We've all been in warehouses. And sure. They do have every one of us. <laughs> they have windows to protect you. You know, you want to be able to see the sun every once in a rare while. Well, my guess, though, is that this, this, it was a hideout. Perhaps they were in a more dilapidated warehouse. All right. Perhaps all was, right. That's Look, I'm I'm all about plot contrivance. I'm trying, so we're trying, going that way. Okay, I'm trying to make Fair this. I'm trying to make this work. <laughs> so he shoots a 38 snub nose revolver out the window at something that's 150 yards away, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's got no actual shot. At I mean, really hitting. It's big enough, but, but the bullet can't really the do any bullet, sort of damage. Yeah, would probably just go boop. Yeah. That's the sound effect I imagine it making as it just bounces off the bounces big right monster chest, high. Yeah. Boip. Boip. <laughs> Boip. Boip. Because he shoots him three times. And this, of course, sends Kasora into a murderous rage. Just, how dare you? I just, and he just starts beating the crap out of buildings, trapping Hayata. And then the science patrol does try to, sh they figure, well, he shot first, yeah. so now we can shoot. You're sure he's mad now. You might as well just open up with everything really got. Really crazy. So they start, you know, blasting with whatever they've got handy. Um, and uh, it obviously just makes him matter. Um, they get the kids. The kids come running out of the um, building. And they, they get the kids away. And uh, Hayata becomes Ultraman. Right. He, he stretches, like, with two-minute... Tense, building knocking down, sure. let me stretch, more building knocking down, let me stretch a little more, building knocking down, and now I have my beta castle. The hero moment, now, right. now I'm Ultraman. So Ultraman comes in, uh, starts wrestling with Kasura, and immediately is, uh, both of them just fall into more buildings. <laughs> fall into more buildings, and then more amazingly, fall into the pool that's there. You know, the convenient oh, ocean yes, pool. Yes, yes. The, to the Tokyo Bay, I believe you yeah, mean, Patrick. Yeah, Tokyo Bay. That's what it was. <laughs> the highly realistic Tokyo <laughs> Bay. Thank you. Sorry. But we <laughs> and and again, I wouldn't want to be the guy either in the of suit. Them. Either one of them. Either because of them. that water is gonna go everywhere in the suit. You're gonna feel disgusting. Yeah. And with also, the wetsuit, it's gonna be nasty. There's electric because their eyes light up. True, true, true. So you got wires running through your suit. God knows what the battery pack is like. God knows what the insulation on oh, this stuff is like. No insulation whatsoever. Yeah, these That's guys are crazy. These guys are, you know, this is, uh, I don't want to say it's seat of your pants filmmaking because it's really not. These guys are professionals. But it's, let's it's see not what like you can throw against today. the wall and stick. Well, yeah, it's not like today where. Um, you're built, you know, you build a suit and it's going to have air conditioning in it. Right. You know, right. it's got the hose that you connect to the foot and it's like, oh, I can have cool air while I'm doing something. No, these are guys in latex suits and, you know, we ran a wire up the leg to power the chest piece or the right. eyes or whatever. Um, 
the, the mouth flap, if he's not using it as a puppet, might be remote controlled. I don't know. Well, I would think that not because uh, this one, the mouth flap wasn't all the time. All the time. It yeah. was just when you saw the head was the only time the mouth yeah, flap so it might have been puppety. Right, right. But yeah. the, the rest of the fish lizard kind of deal, yeah. you could tell like the actual arms and legs where where a man would put an arm and a leg. That's right. He's a quadrupedal monster. Yeah, you know. It was well done that way. I give it that. Yeah, he's um, he. Uh, I tell you what, Gasura makes uh, appearances in a lot of later Ultraman stuff, okay. and the suit just gets better and better. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a nice looking monster. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I did notice in this one is when Ultraman shot his specium ray. Nope, nope, didn't bother him. Not a problem. Usually oh, yeah, it's that was the next one. Is it really? Yeah, that's the one with the the beetle. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't even think we got a specium ray out of this one because he had to rip the he had to rip the piece of the. They top. say tentacles, but it's really a ridge that goes down his yeah. head. He and just he just just grabbed it, ripped it, just tears the hell out of it. See, like what looks like a really well done scar. Yeah, like that. I, that mean, I mean, they had to build this suit twice: once with the ridges, and once with a really convincingly looking scar. Yeah, I do give them that. I would assume it's just like um, like a you can replace that part. I mean, they didn't have Velcro, well, but well, yeah, zippers or snaps. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. of that sort. Yeah, where it'll come off relatively easily. Yeah. Snaps, it, yeah, Probably snaps or magnets. Well, they never actually showed it coming off. So. Yeah, he did. He, so, well, yeah. it was not like a. Here's a beautiful shot of this, but you saw Ultraman grab it and go, "Foop!" Oh, uh, also to add insult to injury, if you touch the spines on it, it releases an incredibly deadly uh, poison. Poison. So, of course, Ultraman grabs it once, and his uh, right arm is now incapacitated. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, he 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 rips the uh, like spinal. Um, dorsal plate off this monster and uh of course the monster just immediately up and dies yeah. <laughs> it's like Aah! and then falls into tokyo bay yeah and then he's done now i would love some sort of like mini series where it shows the guys cleaning up after all these dilapidated monster <laughs> carcasses <laughs> you know like uh, that, that's a fair point there's yeah. just monsters everywhere and nobody yeah. ever cleans up yeah. oh cool. good ultraman blew this monster up so now there's monster innards that are outards, and just all they're all over oh, this fetid monster goop. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy cleaning <laughs> that up. <laughs> that's, that's that could be a great series of these incredibly well-paid guys who just have to just go in and cleaning just up after all cleaning up monster entrails, <laughs> and uh, you know, like maybe they find eggs, maybe thing like you know, I think there could be there thought. could be something going on. Yeah. Uh, copyright right. um, Science Patrol podcast. <laughs> All right, give your monster minute. Okay, we're Gasura. Do a monster minute on Gasura. Um, Gasura, also known as Gasura, I kid you not. That's <laughs> really two different spellings of Gasura. No, same spelling. Oh, um, nice. By the way, this is from the Ultra Wiki at Fandom. Um, thanks very much, uh, everybody. I appreciate that. Um, his subtitle is a Sea Beast. Um, uh, it is a beast. Uh, attacked several seaports in search of cacao. Of course, it was defeated before it could finish its second raid. Gisora are a Brazilian lizard species whose purpose is to scare pests from interrupt, interrupting cocoa beans. You don't want to interrupt the cocoa God bean. God forbid you interrupt that cocoa bean. Uh, one place. egg accidentally carried along uh, shipped to Japan, and as it hashed and fell into Tokyo seawaters, which was at Obviously the time polluted... 
That's another thing. Ah. That's another big thing in, in Japanese yeah, 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 sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Is, oh, our water's bad, so of course there's going to be... Oh, because they found a 50... No, 75-foot shark at the beginning? Yes, 75-foot shark at the beginning. That was that had big bite marks taken yeah. out of it. Couldn't figure out how that happened. Yeah. Forgot about we that. We figured part. radiation, why not? Um, so the Science Patrol, uh, let's see here, what are we missing? Da, 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 da. Oh, trivia. Uh, Gessera's suit was originally the Peter suit with added fins from the Raygon suit. I don't know who Peter is, but maybe... Know. Maybe the previous... Peter may be a... Uh, he is an Ultra Q monster. Okay. okay. So that, that explains more. Okay. Didn't realize that. Um... Let's well, you see figure they got to use the suits more than once. Oh, you have to. Because, I mean, you can't just keep making new suits constantly. You just use yeah. a piece of this suit, piece of that suit, add them together, there's a different suit. That's right. He is the first monster in the Ultraman series that had a specific weak point that required no beam to destroy. Okay, fair and enough. There you go. Um, his concept art makes an appearance in the episode. When they're looking at the book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, kind of yeah, neat yeah, that, that they, they a, use that, that as, yeah, as a prop. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Um, Gesura's name was driven from the Japanese word Gesuido, Gesuido, which means sewer. This may be alluded to the sewer alligator, which is part of urban legend. Ah. I like that. Enough. Fair enough. Uh, he is also mentioned in the Heisei Ultra 7 and was seen as one of the three monsters demonstrated by the TDF. Um, this special also revealed his official romanization spelling, which is G-U-E-S-R-A. Um, okay. Stock footage of the original Gessera's battle with Ultraman appeared in Great Decisive Battle, the Super 8 Ultra Brothers movie. Well, that's coming in a long way. Well, we don't know how we're going to work this. After People have asked, it's a good point, we could, we could cover this question now. People have asked, Rich, are you guys mental enough that you're going to cover all the Ultraman series? Probably not. Yes. <laughs> Definitively. No. Um, we're going to cover everything I can get my hands on, but the question is, do we do it in order? And I'm going to say no, because we're gonna. it'll take us so long to get to some of the really good modern stuff. Right. That... Like have to skip around just a little. Bit. I'd like to because I think I think you'd really enjoy Ultraman X, which is um, last year's series. Okay, that's a lot of fun, um, and it's uh, it's you know it's available right now streaming on Crunchyroll. We don't get any money for this, but go to Crunchyroll and dot uh, com and sign on up. It's free, um, or you can pay the I think eight dollars a month for a commercial free subscription, <laughs> but. Tell you what, they've got Ultraman X, the new Ultraman Orb, a bunch of vintage Ultraman stuff. There you go. Um, and they have like eight or nine series now, completely of subtitled. Ultraman. Yeah, nice, absolutely. Well done. Um, and they're they're bringing out more. They're constantly there you go. doing more stuff. There you go. Um, and the Crunchyroll is basically all the anime stuff, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I could see them getting all sorts of different Japanese stuff. And yeah, Ultraman it's nice. Right up there, Riley. And again, uh, if you're listening, Crunchyroll, and you'd like to sponsor us, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Server costs. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, I don't, they did not actually say that, uh, they don't tell me who the, uh, suit guy is, so that guy's lost to history forever! Yeah, pretty much. Alright, so what'd you think of the episode today, Pat? Good episode, good, I like the outdoor shots, they did yeah. some really cool outdoor shots they had, very, very little indoor shots this time, they had, you know, you have to have the main, 
Science Patrol headquarters for a little bit, but they most of it was outdoorsy stuff. Or location. So you had the, location, the warehouse, right? which warehouse was obviously was a, location. a location. Yeah. Um, but most of this episode was outdoors. Yeah, out on the docks. Yeah. Yeah. So I did like that part. And the monster was cool. Yeah. I do have to give Definitely. I mean, you had Lizard with a little bit of a white tail. I don't know really why he had a white tail, but why he not? just had a white tail. Why not? Yeah, pretty much. Why? Perhaps it's one of those things where you distract your prey with this little white thing, and then, and then you're like, oh, what's that? Oh, you know. Yeah, pretty much. You, yeah. You know. All right, so we're going to take a quick break with some uh, more music from our friends Terminal Sunburn, and we'll be right back to talk about the second episode, uh, The Blue Stone of Balarn. Did I say it right again? Probably not. Uh, Go with Blue Stone of Balarge. Balarge, right? Balarge. It's a Balarge episode, so we'll be right back. Back and we're going to talk about the Blue Stone of Mirage, the uh, episode seven of all three. By the way, that last episode cleared us off the first disc of the box set, so there's only five discs to go if you're playing along at home. Unless Which you're playing, should be. Yeah, you should be. Unless you're playing along with the Mill Creek set, then I still think we're on disc one. Oh, it's only a four-disc set. So ah, must be. They've compressed yeah. things. Um, anyway, the Blue Stone of Village, I like a lot. I'm a big fan of this episode. It was cool. Yeah, I got to give it that. So we're going to give a little bit of plot breakdown. Um, oh, I thought maybe there was a... Uh, there's Here's the thing. This is... Um, this is really neat. It's a, There's a lot going on in this episode. Uh, basically, the, there's been problems out in the Middle East. Right. And, and uh, then we get some Amer an American person from the Science Patrol yep. to come to Japan to tell us Hey, by the way, we're going to the Middle, Middle East. East. Brings out a map of the whole Middle East and points to a giant spot and says, yep, this is where we're going. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. Now, of course, when they, on the way there, they get caught in like some sort of weird rainbow yes. theme. Um, and they can't go around it for some reason because as soon as he tries to steer around it, it gets pointed back to it. Right. But he can go over it. Because Captain Mare is smart and he figures he can go over it. Um they leave Fuji behind, I guess, because the cockpit can only take so, so many, many people, people. And we have the American that we have to yeah. bring along. Yeah, we have to take this guy along, um, who is fully a head taller than everybody oh, else everybody on the else. Science Patrol. Absolutely. <laughs> and but voiced by Peter Fernandez. Right. And the other point you made it. He is wearing cowboy boots, black with cowboy boots with the full Science Patrol, Patrol outfit. Uniform yeah. Yeah. and cowboy it's boots. It's spectacular. He's even got the little silver tips on it. Yeah, because God forbid you don't have your silver tips on your cowboy boots. Yes, yeah, because as we all know, all Americans wear cowboy boots. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I've probably seen this episode, I don't know, 25 times? So, you know, because I watched this a lot when I was a kid. Okay, fair So enough, I've fair seen enough. this, as an adult, I've seen this three times at least. Never, Never noticed, noticed the, the cowboy. Not at all. And, and he, 
as he's sitting there, he had to rewind. Yeah, because we say, needed Wait to a see. Minute. Is this guy really wearing cowboy boots? Yep. And yes, he absolutely. And they are obnoxious cowboy yeah. boots. Yeah, not just like okay, their boots. They might be no. They no, they're, are. They're wickedly really cowboy, cowboy boots. <laughs> like there's the leather tooling on the side. Yeah, yeah the they whole, are just completely obviously cowboy boots. Yeah, pointy toes. The whole the, the whole, whole kit and caboodle. The whole so um. Yeah, they fly out to the Middle East. Uh, the science patrol jet crashes um, because Ito is, com is uh, you know, your comic relief. He is not wearing a helmet and, of course, gets knocked unconscious. Right, and he's the and he's bleeding. one bleeding because he's, he's not, not wearing, wearing a helmet. helmet. Kids, when you're flying in the VTOL, wear your wear helmets. Helmet. It's important. Yeah. Of course, uh, you know, for safety's sake, there isn't a seatbelt as yeah, said, to be seen at all. No <laughs> seatbelts anywhere. Because even... In any sort of rocket in that day, yeah. there would have been seatbelts, yeah. but not for It's the a supersonic VTOL. Yeah, we don't need seatbelts. Seat okay. That's crazy talk. We do acrobatic flying, fighting giant monsters. A seatbelt's just going to slow us down. Come on. Exactly. Who are we? Ralph Nader? Come on. Who are we looking at? Oh, my neighbor's coming home. Hi, neighbor. You're never going to hear this. No. So <laughs> we're up on the third floor. Um, and it's great because you can see all sorts of stuff happening. Somebody drove, I meant to mention, somebody drove by and saw us in the window and was like, what the hell are those two guys doing up there? <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough. <coughs> Excuse me. So, they find this... Um, yeah, this weird city in Middle East where you've got every disparate <coughs> kind of thing you can throw. Because we saw Incan, we saw yeah. Middle East, you know, there's some Arabic writing. Sure. There's, uh, you know, an arch it that looks might be Arabic and might not be. It's kind of Thai. The palace yeah. looks like The people Thai. are Thai, absolutely. Yeah. The people are Thai. Yeah. The, and then the palace looks else, Thai. The palace looks Thai right. and it's just... And Let's the princess sort of has a Thai vibe going. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely has yeah. a Thai vibe, and, and she some, has a nice little tiara. And going some on. wicked blue eyeshadow. Yeah, very Olivia Newton-John. Before bad. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, 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 this is the sixties. Yeah, she's but very mod-looking. I like very, it. Very, very, and the, the little dress she has on. It's a very nice little dress. It's very form-fitting. She's awfully stylish for a yes. person who has, and I quote, never left the place where she was born. Exactly. Exactly. So she, she tells the science patrol, oh yeah, this used to be a great center for commerce, and men came from around the world to trade goods, but then the monster showed up. And, and they uh, that, gave a nice little montage of what the city was like. Lots of extras. Yeah, oh my god. Just around and like stuff, you know, stuff you would see at a normal bazaar. Yeah. In this little montage. Now, yeah, it's what, 10 seconds? Maybe, yeah. maybe. And, and I'm they must have just out. pulled guys out of the office. Like, you, we need you in a hat over here. Yeah. We're going to have you guys in fezzes. Ladies, wrap up. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and let's throw some stuff around so it looks like it's a bazaar. Yeah. And we'll just film this real quick. Little fade in, yeah. little fade out, and we're back to Dave, the Dave, throw some of those throw rugs over there so it looks like you're selling them. You get a camel. I don't know if there was a camel, but there might have been. I think there was. There, there could have been. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's just a quick shot. And for such a quick shot, they really took the time to make it look like it was going to be a bazaar of, you know, who knows how long ago, but right. it was a bazaar. What was great, though, is in the later scenes, I did catch a couple of the guys from that scene, oh, yeah, wow. like, <laughs> milling about in the background. I'm like, oh, it's those guys. <laughs> Let's not get Still crazy. Still huh, fellas? <laughs> yeah, so um, they, they discover that... Um, well, the science patrol uh, after after they crash and Ito sees the monster, 
when he's trying to repair the radio. Right. He was. They left him behind because yeah. he's the guy, the technical guy. Yeah. You can repair the radio. Yeah. Who won't wear a helmet? Um, <laughs> oh, these eggheads. Um, <laughs> so he sees the monster and just comes tearing across the desert like, Captain, there's a monster. I'm going to run away and yeah. find everybody else out. Yeah. And they're all like, Really? You saw a monster again? Yeah. You're in the science patrol. He, he saw a monster. Honest. No, okay, he hit his head. Maybe they're thinking he hit his head. Maybe he didn't see a monster. He's panicking. And they, they go to this hillside, and the thing I notice, and uh, it's and it, annoying yeah. for me, but it is there. It's a dirt hillside. Yeah. We're in the middle of the Middle East where it's desert, everything, but it's a dirt hillside. They look well, down, and look there's a giant crater where the Science Patrol plane has, has just been, been smashed up. Well, you know, I think about it. When you look at the area around, like, Israel... That's a lot of rocks and dirt. I mean, they're not out in like the the desert. They're not in the Sahara. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. That's, I'll I'm, buy that. I, that, I'm thinking because the problem is not as crazy as it's not as crazy as we think. The, it's just the continuity of they'll have a shot. Oh, that sand. is way sand. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of sand everywhere, and then another shot of a dirt hillside, and then another shot of sand on the top yeah. of the dirt hillside. So obviously, they're they're right at the border of the desert. Yeah. <laughs> right is, there. Yeah. It's an oasis, perhaps? On the side of the hill. Yeah, sure. sure. Let's Why go not? with that. Why not? I'm, I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm watching a show where a giant from outer space fights monsters. I'm willing to give them that, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Um, and uh, so the, they're like, oh, we saw that monster. And, of course, Arashi tries shooting it with the super gun. Uh, the thing activates its tractor beam and sucks the gun away from him. And uh, they flee to this town. The princess comes out, gives him the background that, oh, the monster used to, like would terrify, uh, come terrorize us, but um, this and defender, Ultra. yeah, yeah, and and they find a statue of Ultraman, right, in and it, holding it had a blue to be orb. A previous Ultraman that was there, you know, who knows how many years ago, but now this little blue orb keeps the monster away from right. the town. That is actually afraid of it. Ultra, here, a little trivia. That is actually the first appearance of Ultraman Noah. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Although it was only, um, you know, in a statue, uh, not not mentioned by name. Um, and he's also technically from a different universe. He's from the Ultraman Nexus universe, which is another timeline. Okay. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I'll buy that. I can give it another timeline because it was an older Ultraman right, that they right. just happened to build a statue out of. Sure. I'll give it a different timeline. I'll yeah. So that. I think what I think what they did is they were like. When they needed it for something else, they were like, hey, why don't we use that statue design as this guy? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, we can work that in, you know? So, uh, of course, Monster attacks because for some reason he's no longer afraid of the Blue Rock. Um, Ultraman appears and uh, does well, he, battle. He, so they try to shoot this monster. Of course. With their guns, of course, because that's what we do. Oh, yeah, he tracks And then this right, little right, right. old lady comes up with her wooden cane. I'm going to get you, and instantly falls down. Yeah, well, you know, she's she's uh, she's got pep. She does have pep. She's a uh, moxie, even moxie. Maybe there's moxie in so there. So our hero picks her up. Yeah, puts and her then on runs the out side. With her, that's right. So that way, everybody can run one way, and he's got the little old lady on the side, and then can become Ultraman because she's right. knocked that's out. Right. Obviously, you're right. You're right. Um, so he, you know, he duels with this giant scarab beetle, uh, and the the monster's name is Antler, by the way. Um, A-N-T-L-A-R uh, with these fantastic costumes oh absolutely Huge great give them a hug mandibles 
um, segmented body, the yeah. armor. It it's looks very much notch. like a good scarab on yeah. an actual costume. I was very impressed yeah. with this costume. Yeah. I had I actually had a vinyl figure of him at one really? point. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. Oh, it's all gone. <laughs> no, well, yeah, that's a different Once story. I found out my wife was pregnant, it was like, well, monster stuff, you're going up on eBay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what you do. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Ultraman wrestles with this thing for a minute and then figures, you know what? I don't have time for this. I'm in the desert. It's hot. Yeah, I don't bust want, out the yeah. specium ray, which does nothing. Which is the first time. <laughs> I mean, I once I saw the specium ray, I'm like, okay, the thing's not. Oh wait, it's yes, still fine. The rug has we been know. pulled out from the audience. Oh my goodness, what's gonna happen? So um, he's gotta again keep wrestling with it. He busts off one of the the the, the, the mandibles, yeah. yeah. So. And then the princess goes, gets this blue stone, gives it to the captain. The captain from who knows how far away, he had to have been. Yeah. Throws this stone and hits the top. No, not the back, not the <laughs> side, not any lower. Hits the top of this monster. Okay, so Antler uh, is a, supposed to be 40 meters tall. And he had, so that's 120 feet, give or take. Right, so. And he had to be 100 feet away. So you're basically <laughs> throwing this thing. <laughs> Straight up 200 feet. Right. You're talking and ten, you know, 10 stories up. How do you. <laughs> Straight up. No problem. How do you figure. And you got to figure out what that thing weigh, right? Like 8, 10 pounds? Maybe. Like Maybe. Shot putty. Shot putty. Give yeah. it that. Maybe it was a shot putter. We don't know. We don't know anything about Captain Mary. Could have no, been. No, he could have been, been an Olympian. Olympian we shot don't know. That's there we go. That's where we're going. He was an Olympian shot so putter. Former Olympian shot putter, Captain Mira, <laughs> chucks this thing that looked like. Do you remember a couple years ago? I think it was Glade had a had a like oh, a the stone. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. like a deodorizer ball. ball. That's what it looked like. It did look like that. I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I was like, is that a deodorant stone? <laughs> uh, which is not the one that you get wet and rub on your armpits, but no, uh, no. which are great, by the way, in case you're looking for some sort of non-aluminum deodorant. Yeah, I think they're awesome. You still sweat like a beast. Yeah, like a hooker in church, but um, <laughs> there's a good yeah, yeah, you're not, right there. Yeah. So uh by the way, kid friendly podcast. Um <laughs> we don't swear, but I'm not saying we're not gonna make some tasteless remarks. Yeah, they have to happen every once in a while. Yeah, sure. Um so he throws it and it just sets off these charges all over Antler, just this can this chain of explosions and, and one right in the nuts. <laughs> you gotta wonder when they did this. Did this guy sign up for the fact that he's just gonna have all these little explosions all oh, over yeah. his body? Oh yeah. They had to tell him, hey, by the way, this is where it's gonna blow. Yeah. This is what's gonna happen. Be prepared. We're padding you up. Well, you figure the suit probably gave him at least a modicum of protection. You're still gonna feel it. You're oh. gonna feel the pops. And yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Smell the smoke because it's yeah. gonna stink to high hell. Oh, sure, sure. The sulfur and whatnot, of yeah. course. Um, so it blows up the monster, and everybody's like, "Hooray! This is fantastic!" Um, uh, Hayata shows up with the old woman, and lays her down, and she's fine. And she's absolutely fine. No, and it was funny because I said, "You know what? In the Japanese dub, this woman has got to be dead." Yeah. But like, she pops up like, "Oh, thanks," yeah. and you're like. She's like got to be a hundred and seventy. Oh yeah, she, she looks was like ancient. Yeah, she ancient. looks like jerky. And I mean, <laughs> like, she went from knocked out completely because yeah. she didn't see Hayata change into Ultraman. Right. And, nor did he. See, nobody's ever seen him change back uh, at this point. 
I haven't seen him change back Didn't at all. Once? No. Didn't no. the swirly thing happen in reverse no. once? No. No, not okay, at all. Okay, no. All right, fair enough. We see him change into Ultraman, and then he just shows up as Hayata amazingly. Yeah. But this time we have Hayata carrying the woman back as soon as he lays her down on a convenient blanket that, or a convenient sheet yeah, that they, they just they have to have. Yeah, they drop that. She wakes up and she's fine and she's good. Yeah, everything's awesome. She's been knocked out for 10 minutes and she wakes up and she's fine <laughs> yeah. and she's good. Well, you know... It's funny because the trope of somebody being knocked unconscious is big in TV and, and science fiction and action, sure, sure, right? Sure, 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 sure. We know now that that causes brain damage. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole big study on it, whole big movie. Yeah, <laughs> when you watch, like when you watch Captain America: The Winter Soldier, right? uh, he climbs up on that boat and starts winging that shield around, right? Knocking people left, right, and sideways. And these are not necessarily the bad guys. These are just happen to be like their kind of henchmen. Yeah. Like they're hired guns, really. They're like, I guess maybe mercenaries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they're not like Hydra, I don't think. And these guys are just like, oh, there goes third grade math, you know, and like, exactly. on my jaw, you know. And this is the good guy. Exactly. You know, he's just, he's just, just rifle like. Just, We're just knocking people out because they have to be knocked out. Yeah. We got to get rid of them, so we just knock them out. So I, you know, I, I I accept that in the movie universe, getting knocked out is fine, because otherwise Philip Marlowe, detective, would have been an invalid. Yes, he gets uh, knocked out, knocked out every every day. episode, yeah. like, every time. He's Absolutely. like, and then I bent over to look at the corpse, and <laughs> and I blacked out. <laughs> Every like he's constantly getting knocked out. It's horrible. But like I said, this woman knocked out ten yeah. minutes, wakes up and instantly up, and I'm fine. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. She's one of you know. What she looks like. Remember in the seventies, um, the Dan and Yogurt commercials featuring all the old people from Tibet. No. They were like, this man is a hundred and five years old, and every day he eats yogurt, <laughs> and he's I gonna live probably another thirty. You know, and you're just like. I guess so. Okay. <laughs> you know, and he's got like the wool stovepipe hat. Yeah. It's like, and it was just this wrinkled old Asian man, like eating a thing of yogurt. I don't know if it was Dan and yogurt, but it probably was. Probably that's that's was. what I think it was. Yeah, it I'll tell you what, if that commercial is on YouTube, I will put that in the show notes there you because go, that's, that's a nice little addition. Segway right there. Yeah. So what'd you think of our episode today? Good episode. Yeah. I like that, I, I like that and, one and a lot. This was the first time where we see the specium ray. And it does There's nothing. It the monster looks at it and goes, Really? That that's what you got? Yeah. And Ultraman's like, that's the finishing move. That's what I'm supposed to do. And then we just get this rock and like I said, yes. throw it a good twenty story straight up. So we have to figure this guy was a shot putter. It yeah. blows everything up. And they bow to, to Ultraman. Who has he done is nothing? They're gone. Who has done literally nothing? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> But they still have to bow because, you know. They're like, hey, thanks, Ultraman. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sweat. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Don't bow to me, if, please. If he could wink, he would have winked at Captain Merlin, like, hey, right on. Thanks. Then he flies away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that episode yeah. a lot because the. Uh, and I like the scenery that they had in this episode. Like I said, it, it's, a think it's a theme park or it's something. Gotta be. It it's got to be. It has to be. Or a standing set from another from show. A different show because there's enough different things, like I said. That it's got to be something that they're using on a show somewhere, and they had this show here, yeah. and that show there, and another show somewhere else, yeah. and different days of filming, 
and you're not going to notice it because you're your kid. You're not going to yeah, notice it's it. Fine. Yeah, you're not. It's not anything. And it's not so out of place that you're like, well, it's a mysterious town in the middle of the Middle East. It's 1963. How many people are familiar with the Middle East? And right, 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 right. Like, but like I said, the Aztec symbols on the side, yeah. and the, the Middle Eastern. Yeah, on the inside, that's a, that. That's an interior set, definitely. That, right, right. So, um, but that there is enough different things that you had to figure. They have three or four different sets that they had to have somewhere convenient for them to be able to shoot. Sure, on. it's probably a Toho backlot or something. And right, they, right. And they said, "Listen, we need some sets for this." And um, as E.G. Subaraya was the special effects director for Godzilla films, um, they were probably like, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead and use it. They have, uh, you know. Pay us, you can use whatever the heck you want. Yeah, I don't even know if, I don't know if money changed hands. I think a lot of times it was just like a, we'll let us film there, we'll we're let in you this film together. Right, You've done enough. this, we're going to do this, and we have guys, because I know they did that for when, um, when Toei was going to do Gamera, they didn't know how to, to a giant monster movie. So Toho guys were like, all right, we're coming over, we'll help you out. Oh, really? Yeah, well, fair enough. Apparently, to, 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 they asked for some help, and Toho was like, yeah, we'll send some guys over. Nice. Yeah, like, you know, it was a, a very nice cooperating thing. This is this is, this is somewhat hearsay. I, this is a story that I understand to be true. I'm sure the internet will correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, of course they yes. will. They will find out quickly. Um, okay, so we're going we're gonna to do our Monster Minute uh, Part 2 on Antler. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Antler is a, uh, what do we got here? Uh, an ant beetle-like kaiju that terrorizes civilization, the civilization, sorry, I'm not Englishing. <laughs> First day with a new mouth. Um, uh, of Barati and or uh, Valarage or whatever you want. It depends on what one you're uh, watching. Uh, he is stopped in, by Ultraman in part thanks to the stone of Barrage left by Ultraman Noah. Got it. Um, he is also known as the Magnetic Monster. Right, because he did take the rifle and their guns. And the ship. for And the ship at one point. For the, just for the most part, yeah. Magnetized them instantly. And yeah. somehow, not anything else that might have been on their body, because nothing else can be yeah, that's why their I guns. I, yeah, I don't think it's... I know they call him the Magnetic Monster, but we surmise that it's possibly a tractor beam, and it's whatever he's... Oh, he gets Ultraman, too. He does get Ultraman. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Um, his first appearance, obviously, was this. Um, he is from Earth. Uh, let's see. He's 40 meters tall, 20,000 tons. He is in the category Kaiju. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, trivia for um, Antler. His roar is a sped-up Rodan roar. Didn't really? notice that. Yeah, yeah did not that notice that. Um, Antler's name originally... Uh, comes from a combination of the words ant lion, which is the name of an ant eating fly. It's a species of ant eating fly, apparently. Fair enough. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Um, Antler's roar, along with Telecidon and Red King, were reused for the fell beast in the 1978 animated Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah, Fair snappy. Enough. I love that movie too. Yeah. I've seen that a few times. Uh, Antler was originally one of the three capsule monster ideas in the first draft of Ultra 7. Um, in Ultra 7, he has monsters that he carries like in a belt, and when he needs help fighting, he can. It's like before Pokemon. Okay. He springs okay. one out and poof, a monster. Poof a giant appears. Monster yeah, and he can help out. Oh, all right. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. Antler made an appearance in the Fantastic Four comic book being on the Marvel version of Monster Island. Okay. With Mole Man, uh, Tripeticus, who I don't oh, know, I don't and Meekless, who is also an Ultra 7 monster. Okay. Uh, his name, a combination of ant and antler, are because of his motif as an ant, and he uses his mandibles like antlers. I don't think that's trivia. That's I think yeah, that's, that's just, just basically dumb. this is name. Yeah, this is how we figured this name out. We called him Scott because that's his grandfather's middle name. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, he also appears in Ultraman Max, Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster Battle Never Ending Odyssey. And uh, Ultra Galaxy Legend, the movie. Thank you so much. Ultraman obviously. Saga, Ultraman Ginga, Ultraman X, and Ultraman Orb. That is a lot for one monster. Yeah, he's you know. I mean, he's a decent looking monster. I do yeah. have to give him that. Yeah, so they're, they're not screwing they're around. Use him. Yeah, that's not so bad. Um, let's see. Powers and weapons: magnetic beam. Right. Uh, from the center of his huge ant, uh, antler-like pincers, it pulls metallic objects to him that are in range and can drag other beings into his antlers. When right, that's what he did to Ultraman. He tried to drag him in, and Ultraman had to fight against that. And then yeah. he broke one of the mandibles as he was wrestling with him. Right. And then when he tried, to, like I said, when he tried to use his species, right? Nothing. Nothing. Well, that would be because of the exoskeleton, another special ah. power. Uh, he's a thick, strong, like uh, insect-like exoskeleton, withstanding some of the uh, most powerful, even energy-based attacks, such as Ultraman Specium Ray, uh, mandible pincers, the debris blast—we forgot about that when he true, shoots the, true, all the true. sand out, burrowing at right, high that, speed. That, that was a super awesome effect. That though. was just as he goes to the ship in and the just original goes under <laughs> really quickly. Yeah, Very pretty well great. Done. It's pretty great. Um, so yeah, his only uh, only known weakness is the ancient blue stone. So when he comes comes in contact with that, it says here he's left powerless. He also explodes. Yeah, so a lot. <laughs> explodes a lot, not just a little. Explodes a lot. Yeah, yeah. So what what do we think of this episode? Very cool. I enjoyed this one very, a lot. Very cool. And like I said, the, the exterior shots they had to use three or four different sets that you could kind of think were in the same place. But really, really well done. Yeah. And the princess is not hard on the eyes. No, sir. She no, sir. She is quite a good looking I also want to know why we didn't see a lot of Fuji. They just sort of left her. They left could her have behind. been on vacation that way. No, <laughs> they actress. left her behind because it, it, Yeah, well, no, I know that. They but left her like, behind. But you'd think there might be some more like. Uh, Cut back to the headquarters where no, she's on the no, radio. No, no. no My guess either. is maybe the actress needed vacation that week. That's a possibility. That happened in the old Doctor Who a lot. You, you also had the American that we had to have in the episode sure. for whatever reason. Uh, in the subtitles, he's called Jim. Um, right. In right. the actual, oh, what was show? It? He's Adam something or other. Yeah, it was Adam. I think it was. Oh, and I mean, just gosh, oh golly! Different names. Yeah, why not? For no particular reason. Why not? Um. We don't have a name for the guy, which is really aggravating. But what can you do? Um, so yeah, that was that was our uh, that was our uh, review of two more episodes. My one of my favorite episodes is coming up next week, guys. It's the Lawless Monster Zone. Um, it's a really cool title. I do have to give it. Yes, that. and it's it's one. It's just it is a Lawless Monster Zone. Okay. It is it's, it, it is as it says on the tin. Chock full, two scoops of monsters. There's nice. all sorts of stuff going okay. on in that one. Cool. Um, to it. And then the following episode, um, 
you got to give me a second because I don't really remember. There's, it might be one of those nondescript. Um, yeah, it was a really like lame kind of title. I have to give it that. Oh, and it appears my internet connection is just not cutting it right now. Uh, give me one more second, and we'll see if we can do this. But no, it appears that uh, things are not working properly. So that happens. Anyway, uh, we're going to plug do our plugs now. You can follow the show on Twitter at Ultraman Podcast. Uh, we are at uh, UltramanPodcast at gmail.com if you want to send in some comments. Um, Facebook page will probably be up by this time. Uh, just type in Ultraman Podcast to Facebook and you could like that. It's going to be a closed group, but uh, ask us and we'll add you. Um, you could, if you want to follow me for some unknown reason on Twitter, uh, I am at Old Man Conroy. Pat is not on Twitter. Refuse. And we'll, we'll work on him. Um, but, uh, and uh, what else? Oh, music, of course, supplied by Terminal Sunburn, terminalsunburn.bandcamp.com. Uh, go there, give them money, they are nice. That's, that's how I'm going to put that. Go there, download their music, and give them money. Fair Doesn't enough. have to be a lot of money. Just, you know, it's like a tip. Yeah, I enjoyed that song. Here's a buck. Mm, why not? Throw them a couple of ducats. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to help them. They can buy some more gear and uh, continue recording. And they're good people. Um, what else am I missing? Casey Kittle is going to uh, fix the audio on this because that's what he does. And he's good at it. Um, I don't think there's anything else that about covers it. All right, guys. So uh, once again, we'll see you next week for two more episodes of Ultraman. And this has been the Science Patrol. I've been Rich Conroy. I'm Pat Rooney. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Sally Port, Science Patrol. Science Patrol is a Faces for Radio production.